Broadcasting live in the Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Adam Candy. I like it. We made a little adjustment. Q is enjoying a rest. Adam Candy sitting in. For Q, DeMond Cotton is alongside as usual. Welcome into Unnecessary Roughness here on R&R 920 Raider Nation Radio. We had a lot of fun yesterday talking about the Raiders secondary with James Bradbury going to the Eagles, talking about the Raiders' chances in the division, and we're going to get deeper into that today. We have a lot of discussion to be had about how the betting market sees the Raiders' chances for the playoffs and how you see the chances for the Raiders to make the playoffs. All right, we know that this show only works when we're talking to you. Our listener line, 702-365-9200, Sam and Ash text line, 69187, with the keyword R-N-R. Visit them at samandash.com because you deserve what's right. Plenty of ways for you to tune in to the show, Raiders.com. You can search us on TuneIn, on the app, search Raider Nation Radio or LVSportsNetwork.com. On Twitter, I mean, there's all sorts of ways to find us on Twitter, at RNR920AM. I'm at Adam Candy, two E's, no Y. I'm going to be joined in just a few minutes here by my friend and yours, Jonathan Von Tobel, from Cofield & Company on ESPN Las Vegas, from VSIN. We're going to talk a little NBA with John because he is one of the best NBA handicappers out there. So John's going to talk us through what to expect between the Celtics and the Heat in Game 2, what he saw last night between the Mavericks and Golden State as the Dubs get off to a Game 1 victory. You can also find us on Facebook, by the way, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. In about an hour, Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus is going to join us. He is part of the PFF simulation that shows the Raiders with a 36% chance to make the playoffs. That's the reason for the number that I gave you earlier on that probability for the Raiders to make the playoffs. 3.30, Paloma Villacana from uh, Fox 5 is going to join us as well. Talk a little Las Vegas Aces, maybe a little UNLV, uh, and get deeper into the local sports scene overall. But Damon, as much as I want to give the folks a chance to express how they feel about the PFF simulation that the Raiders only have a 36% chance to make the playoffs, and I'm going to ask for their honesty. I'm going to ask for all of your honesty. Don't tell me they have a 100% chance to make the playoffs. They don't. You think it's better than 36%? That's fine. I think it's close, but I think a little better than 36%. But we'll get into that. What we have a 100% chance of right now is beef. We got big beef. We got SEC-sized beef. And you know that down in Texas is where they have that beef, Damon. Oh, this is some of the juiciest beef 
that's hit the college football Twitter sphere in quite a while. Ooh. Oh, man. So good. Oh, man. Oh, and even though we're talking about a Fisher, we are talking about beef. <laughs> Jimbo's got beef. Saban, Nick Saban, he's got beef, too. Uh, in case you haven't been following as closely as Damon and I have with this back and forth between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher about name, image, and likeness, NIL deals, who's buying players, I mean... They're all buying players, let's be honest with each other here. But who's buying players on the NIL market? Who's doing it on the up and up after we did it with uh, Black Bags for so many years? Uh, Damon, let's let's first hear from Nick Saban about how this whole dust-up got started. Nick Saban had something to say about NIL. In fact, it's not the first time Nick Saban has had something to say about NIL because he doesn't like that there's a playing field where other schools can keep up with what Alabama's been doing for years. And you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. We didn't buy a single player, Demond. But And you know what? I'm going to give you a little warning, too. That's what Nick Saban did. He gave everybody a little warning. You know, we didn't buy any players. But in the future, we might just have to go out and start buying players. To keep up with everybody else. I don't want to have to do it. Don't don't make me. Don't make me. I haven't been buying players, wink, wink, for a long time. Alabama's never bought a player, right? Never. No. Never. Never. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. We, got some, we have some former Alabama players who took to social media over the last 24 hours to talk about their experiences with definitely not getting any money from Alabama. Um, that quote was yesterday from Nick Saban. And as you might expect, Big Jimbo did not take well to what Nick Saban had to say about his very innocent – Texas A&M program that definitely did not get seven five-star recruits this year in the first year of NIL after getting a total of two in the previous two years. Damon, um, this is going to be this is going to be something that sounds like a press conference. I think it might actually have come from a pulpit. Uh, I think this might have come from up on the stage somewhere at a church in Texas because Jimbo Fisher was preaching. To the people. Oh, man. Hold on. You caught me in the middle of some producing there. Give me two seconds. Oh, no, no. Taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. They broke state laws. They're they're all money. We bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen, and it's ridiculous, but when when he's not on top. Can you hear that shake in Jimbo's voice? Jimbo is offended. You have offended Jimbo. Jimbo Fisher does things the right way. Right, Damon? 
Of course, he's saying that he's doing things the right way. Mm-hmm. He says that narcissist. Oh, man. Like, he is taking the shots, and you can tell that he is amped up. You know how when people say, like, a big game, I couldn't sleep before because I was mm-hmm. just so amped up about the game. I just knew I was going to give my all for this performance. Jimbo Fisher, I'm sure he didn't get an ounce of sleep last night because he was just ready for what he was going to say in this press conference. I'm not saying he wrote it down or he had a script, but I'm sure he was just pacing back and forth. Oh, Nick Saban's got the nerve to say this about me and my program? Because he already had to deal with this from those guys from Bro Bible. I don't know if you remember that clip. He was like, going to believe it's not like Bro Bible? So he's been having to fight the slush fund allegations for a while now. I mean, listen, when it's coming at you from both Bro Bible and Nick Saban. It's clearly all angles. you got to hunker down at that point if you're Jimbo Fisher. You're right, man. I mean, we talk about John Calipari, the Kentucky basketball coach, as performance art when he does interviews. This was not just a fiery pulpit speech from Jimbo Fisher. This was art. Jimbo gave us art today. Um, Jimbo, by the way, wants you to know he did nothing wrong. And we're going to play a little more from Jimbo here in a second here. Um, I want you to keep in mind, though, Keep this in mind. Jimbo did nothing wrong. Okay, let's hear more from Jimbo. I promise you this. There are, no, there are no violations. There are nothing wrong. It's the second time we've had to do this with grown men who don't get their way and want to pout, throw a fit, and act up. Just go ask all the people who work for him. You'll know exactly what he's about. I always said this. My dad always told me this. When people show you who they are, believe them. He's showing you who he is. Damon, who is he? Because Ooh. I believe you told me we might have one more we might have one more clip available where Jimbo tells us exactly who he thinks Nick Saban is, or at least who Nick Saban thinks Nick Saban is. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it, and it's despicable. (laughs) Okay, hold up. I have my copy of the Old Testament of the Bible here. I don't see anything directly about how God did his deal here. I'm guessing that Nick Saban must not have written himself into the Bible quite yet, Um, but Jimbo thinks that Nick Saban thinks that he's God. Uh, Look, here's what we need to make clear in this whole thing. A number of things. First of all, players, go get your money. I don't care how you go get your money, but go get your money and let somebody else worry about it because we have had way too many years of unpaid labor subsidizing the 8 and 9 and $10 million salaries of college football coaches so this whole thing is hilarious to watch multi-millionaires screaming at each other about who's more righteous than the other this is the other thing you need to understand they're both wrong and really really wrong i mean not just a little bit wrong they are both way wrong because jimbo fisher wants you to believe everything in jimbo's world is on the up and up it was two years ago just two years ago that the NCAA hit Jimbo with a show cause order for recruiting violations at Texas A&M. Impermissible contact with a recruit. Failing to control the environment of his assistant coaches. Let's go back to the mess that Jimbo left behind at Florida State. 
Article in Bleacher Report, 2019. It was revealed by Fisher's former assistants that Jimbo ordered the staff to, quote, keep players eligible above all else. When he left, they had the worst academic progress score of any Power 5 program and was on the verge of an automatic postseason ban. But they do things right. Right, guys? They do things right. And it sounds like I'm I'm down on Jimbo, right? Nah. Nah, Nick's. Nick's in on this one, too, guys, because what Jimbo basically said, what you heard Jimbo Fisher say is little Omar Little from The Wire. Man's got to have a code. And he's reminded Jimbo (laughs) he might just have broken the code because Jimbo used to work for Nick Saban. Let's not forget that. Jimbo worked for Nick Saban back in the day. And let's just say Jimbo probably knows where some of those bodies are buried. And they don't want to go into mutually assured destruction. That would be bad for everyone involved from both Jimbo and Nick Saban's perspective. But we had some Alabama recruits kind of trying to settle this one for us, weighing in on social media over the last four hours. Our our friends at Bro Bible, man, we are giving them some pop today. Bro Bible is getting all the pop and sizzle here from us. Uh, This from Travis Johnson. On Twitter, uh, Travis Johnson is a former Florida State defensive end, drafted in the first round in 2005, but he was recruited by Alabama. And he says, quoting from uh, another tweet from Mike Rodak, says, Ha 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 ha, y'all been paying players since the 80s, offered me six figures in 99-2000, and gave Albert Means and his coaches six figures during that time, and now y'all swear y'all not paying anyone? Leon O'Neal Jr. was a four-star recruit in the class of 2018. He chose Texas A&M over Alabama. He said every Crimson Tide football player received a Dodge Charger upon their commitment while he was driving a Nissan Maxima. Leon O'Neal quoted the same one from Mike Rodak. Every player there had a Scat Pack Hellcat before NIL. I was in a Nissan Maxima, LOL. It had a sunroof, though. Cool. Had a sunroof. How do you get a player, DeMond? How do you get a player? Drop the bag. Come on. No, 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 no. You, oh. you got to drop the bag through the sunroof. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hit that open and drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. All right, we want to hear your opinions not only about Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban, but, of course, about the Raiders and their playoff chances, which we're going to talk more about the pro football focus simulation that shows them with a 36% chance to make the playoffs. We've already got some action in on the text line. Just to remind you, you can text us on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Listener line, 702-365-9200. Damon, what do we got from the text line? All right, we got one of each. We got somebody talking about Jimbo, and we also got someone talking about the playoff odds. I'll read the Jimbo one first. You're going after Jimbo, but he wasn't the one who was whining about how much other schools were doing things. Nick Saban was. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I saved just a little bit for last because we had some news (laughs) break just about a half hour ago that Nick Saban apparently had a little bit of a come-to-Jimbo moment and realized that uh, maybe he had gone just a little bit too far. Maybe those bodies might be 
a little bit uh, – they might be like those Lake Mead barrels floating a little too close to the surface, right? Those, those remains of what's in the bodies here. Because Nick Saban said on Sirius XM College a half hour ago, I should have never really singled anybody out. That was a mistake, and I really apologize for that part of it. I don't apologize for saying the whole thing's wrong. I just apologize for going after the guy who worked with me who knows all the dirty stuff that we did. If you want a translation there for uh, for Nick Saban. And before we get to the next text, he also went after Deion Sanders and Jackson State, Uh-oh. where you even had Travis Hunter. He said, I got a meal. This is Travis Hunter, a recruit who went to Jackson State University. I got a meal, but my mom stay in a three-bedroom house with five kids. Laughing emoji. So he was singling out more than Jimbo. He was also talking about how Coach Prime is getting some of his recruits as well. And let's make another thing ultimately clear Jimbo Fisher still likes his job Jimbo Fisher gets paid very well to do his job he'd like to do it for a while longer so Jimbo Fisher has the money to retire and walk away in his late 50s if he wants to uh you know who has some real FU money coach prime you might not if you're Nick Saban want to single out Deion Sanders who has shown you all throughout his career D-G-A-F, about saying just about anything. Coach Prime still has not uh, fired back the way Jimbo had. All right, we got another tweet. All right, and this is from G-Smode. 30-something percent chance for the Raiders to get into the playoffs? So you're saying there's a chance, dumb and dumber. All we need is a shot, Candy. That's all we need. LFG Raiders. (laughs) Oh, I love it. You know what? That is taking the whole thing in stride, right? That's that's how you take it in stride. When you hear that your favorite team has just about a one in three chance by a very fancy football analytic simulation, that is how you take it in stride. like that. Good job, Jeez Mode. I, I I appreciate the way that you approach that one. Uh, John Von Tobel is going to join us in about ten minutes to talk about the Raiders' chances at the playoffs as well as the NBA and what's coming up tonight. But let me set the scene for you a little bit here because this is the question for our show. It's our show question for everyone to answer today. Pro Football Focus Simulation, Raiders have a 36% chance to make the playoffs. Do you think they have a 36% chance better, maybe even worse? Now, let's go to the numbers here to kind of tell you where that 36% comes from. So if you take the odds right now at DraftKings for the Raiders to make the playoffs right now, Yes on the Raiders making the playoffs is plus 160. No is minus 200. So there's an implied probability in that number from DraftKings. The implied probability is 38.6% on plus 160. So the betting market, which is where the PFF simulation is working with here, that says that the Raiders have about a 38.6% chance. PFF simulation has about a 36 plus percent chance pretty much in line but if you look a little closer into that pff simulation they rank the tiers of teams here by how the betting market sees them so it's betting market implied power rankings this is an article uh, that ben brown puts together ben's going to join us in about 40 minutes to talk about this article talk a little bit about the opening numbers from superbook for every NFL game this year. Sorry, here's Tier 1. Zaman, I want you to tell me uh, if you think this is an appropriate Tier 1 
for who for power rankings. And this is what the betting market thinks of these teams. Buffalo, Kansas City, the Rams, Tampa Bay. Ooh, I'm about to I'm about to make some Raiders fans mad here. The Los Angeles Chargers. That is their tier one of Super Bowl contenders. Someone who shouldn't be there or someone that we missed? The Chargers, that's the... You said the Chargers, right? I did say the Los Angeles, don't call them San Diego Chargers. Okay, I had to make sure because it's like, a, let me fix my ears. Maybe get some wax out. The Chargers, I don't think that they're in a tier one. Does everyone have a shot? Of course. The AFC West, we all know it's loaded. That's all we've been talking about all offseason. But I don't think that the Chargers are Super Bowl favorites. I don't think the Chargers, uh, granted, they're at the very end of Tier 1 here. They're the last team in that tier. But once I tell you who's in their tier of, quote, if things break right, then we'll see what we think about the Chargers. Green Bay, Cincinnati, Denver, Baltimore, San Francisco. That is your Tier 2. Okay, but it's one of those things that I'm looking at six here or that they have the spread points above average, and all that good stuff. But I just don't see how the Chargers are even above Green Bay because when you factor in the division that they're in and the division that Green Bay's in, I think that there's an easier chance for things to break right, as you're saying. They're going to break right for Green Bay in a weaker division than the Chargers, who happen to be in one of the toughest divisions in football. Yeah, I think the market is overreacting to the Devontae Adams loss, as good as Devontae Adams is. If you made me pick one between the two, between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams – I mean, if you're honest with yourself, you're going to take Aaron Rodgers. But at the same time, I don't know that I think the Bengals are this strong. And that's the one I actually have a bit of an issue with for if things break right. Let's not forget where the Bengals went into the playoffs last year, right? Let's not forget that they were a team that with about three weeks left in the regular season, we weren't sure if they were going to be in the playoffs. All right, so here's a tier that they consider a solid playoff tier in the NFL. Raiders, Colts. Browns, Patriots. That sound about right to you, Damon? Or am I missing somebody? Because I'll, let me read you the tier of questionable playoff teams by the betting market implied power rankings. Cowboys, your Tennessee Titans, Miami Dolphins, Arizona, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Whew, if anything, I'd put the Browns down on the questionable list because we don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson just yet. And I don't think that Jacoby Brissett, even if he does have to fill in for a whole, if he has to fill in for a whole season, forget about it. But even if it's about six games, I still think that it's a little bit shaky for anyone to think that the Browns are a borderline playoff team. All right, so I want to do this by quarterbacks for a second. Go back to the top. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert. Nobody has any questions about those quarterbacks up in Tier 1. Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, and whoever the hell is going to start for the San Francisco 49ers. All right, clearly that is an issue with the 49ers, but we've seen Kyle Shanahan's system overcome who his quarterback is in the past. Next tier, Derek Carr, Matt Ryan. Let's assume Deshaun Watson for some length of time, and Mac Jones. All right, well, Mac Jones looked good for about half the year last year, but Mac Jones is the Where's Waldo who stands out and doesn't fit there. Down the next tier, Dak Prescott, Ryan Tannehill, Tua Tagovailoa, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts. Uh, maybe there are some Tua believers out there who have seen something I haven't, who are okay with an average depth of target that's like six yards behind the line. 
But I don't see it with Tua being in this class because at least Jalen Hurts adds the running game and at least Jalen Hurts has had some accuracy in the NFL. So I think that's where you can start to ask some questions about how the betting market sees these teams because you've got San Francisco, whatever's going on in Cleveland, the Patriots, the Dolphins, and probably the Eagles to some degree because Jalen Hurts is good, not great in that next round of questionable playoff teams. Hold on real quick before we go any further. Did you see the Miami Dolphins? Did you see out the hype video that they tweeted out to a throwing the deep ball? And it was a duck that, that oh my, I think Tyreek Hill was just sitting and waiting for that ball to get there. And then the Dolphins, they tried to double down and they released another one just yesterday. And it's like, nah, guys, we didn't forget about that other one, though. It's uh, not, not looking no, good for we, them. No, the, um, you uh, got to look. The Dolphins, they are trying man. to they are trying to get people to buy into the Tua hype. And it's just not working. Even if your if your practice throws are looking this bad, yo, it's it's not looking good for him. Uh no, no, it's not. Uh, it's I, I got a little Mean Girls in my head right now. Uh, stop trying to make Tua happen. Like, like like let's 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 not do this. All right, if you have to have videos to do this, I get some strong Ben Simmons vibes off this. Ooh, he shot a jumper in practice. Ooh, he dunked. Tyree Kill is going to be begging to get back to Kansas City at this base. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Q's taking a break. Adam Candy, Mon Cotton, and very fresh off the roads of Las Vegas, Jonathan Von Tobel joins us here for the remainder of the show uh what's happening man how you doing i'm doing good i uh i'm doing pretty good traffic was light i wore a button-down shirt just for the occasion um Ooh. yeah so i feel pretty good it feels it's nice to have somebody in front of me too like the mine. you know I, I like to have somebody to to bounce my ideas off and most importantly as i make jokes in my time here on the air i need to know if they've landed or not so i need to know if i'm funny and demon is going to be the uh the judge of that Wow, I got a I smile can... right now, so we're off to a good start. See, the thing is, I can tell that you're younger than me because you still care whether or not anyone likes the jokes. Like, like just make them. Just, just, just run with it. Now, that's true, but I will say, back in the day, uh, there was a point where I told my dad, you know, Dad, I think I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. I wanted mm-hmm. to be one. Mm-hmm. And uh, he laughed at me. And that was not the point. That wasn't the joke, so uh, I decided this medium instead. Uh, it's, it's never over, John. It's never, it's never over. It's, uh, it's never over for your stand-up comedy hopes – uh, probably not over for the Boston Celtics nearly uh, quite yet. Uh, we, of course, want to tap into John's expertise on the NBA with Celtics and Heat coming up here. Actually just ticked uh, down on DraftKings to Heat lane 1, 206 and a half. Really? It did. Uh, Al Horford is back in from uh, health and safety protocols. You have that dog-tilted head to the side look here right now <laughs> as I tell you about that move in the line well i mean that's just that's extreme if it's down to one that's pretty crazy just i mean and yeah you're right i mean it's not that i don't believe you but the market you know there's times where the market gets a little overzealous and, and keep in mind too al horford is back and this probably comes on the heels of him officially being announced right we get the report but there's probably an official announcement floating out there somewhere so the market responds again to news that we already know so we see it all the time um 
But also keep in mind that while you get Marcus Smart and Al Horford back, a dude like Derek White doesn't move the number, Adam, but he's not playing today. Um, he has the audacity to go welcome his child into this world as it is being bored, it sounds like, today. Um, I think that's kind of extreme, don't you think? I I agree with you that it's extreme, and I also agree with you on the other point. I mean, John, you've you've been there for for two of your babies being born. Don't you, don't you feel like you kind of like it's all old hat at this point? Like you know you know what the story is. You know what it looks like, right? Like what's the point of having to leave? I mean, come on, sports. It's more important than life. Let's go. Absolutely, sticks and balls, man. Sticks and balls. <laughs> all about sticks and balls. Um, what'd you take out of Game One uh, between the Celtics and the Heat? I mean, obviously, no Marcus Smart, no Al Horford. You don't get a clear picture of the Celtics, uh, you did get a pretty clear picture of Jimmy Butler continuing the run that he's been on, but of course, without the Defensive Player of the Year on the other side to guard him. Yeah, I think I think you feel, as much as you can after a loss like that, you feel pretty confident if you're Boston, right? I mean, you you outscored him three out of the four quarters. The third was absolutely atrocious. You got outscored by 25, and that ultimately made the difference for you in the game. Uh, but you showed that you can score on this defense. You showed that Jason Tatum can be aggressive and get to the hole and still find success in terms of scoring. Um, and then you mentioned the most important thing, which is, you know, today it's not going to be Peyton Pritchard out there for 30 minutes and guarding Jimmy Butler for key stretches uh, of the fourth and third quarters, right? It's going to be Jimmy Butler taking on Marcus Martin. Well, I, Marcus Smart's a really good player and obviously one defense player of the year. He's not shutting down Jimmy Butler by any means, but the probability that he wins a few more possessions defensively than Peyton Pritchard is probably going to work out for the Boston Celtics. So I think they're in a good spot. I'm actually and I'm, I'm in a great position now. I took four with them like, like a day ago, right after that game was set, just because you figured Smart was going to play. So I feel pretty good about my position, but I, I ultimately still think that Boston, I think by the time when this game is over, we're going to see a 1-1 series down to Beantown. Up, I guess. Stick with us uh, for a little while longer until that uh, till that game gets going. Of course, we have a game tomorrow night set up Dallas and the Warriors for game two. Dallas catching six, 2-14 is the total. I'm really curious what your impressions were uh, of that game one. Uh, fr- from my perspective, uh, if Poole and Wiggins – are contributing the way Poole and Wiggins did in game one, I think this is a farther uphill climb than the Mavericks can handle. Uh, I would agree with that, especially with the Warriors hitting mid-range jumpers. It's it's not a thing that the Warriors do, but in that game, uh, they were brilliant from the mid-range area of the floor. And so if those shots are also going down, which is something that killed uh, the Mavericks in the first two games against Phoenix, uh, that's going to be a pretty big problem for them. Warriors from mid-range, 28 of 40 yesterday. Like, it was, oh, it was a barrage. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Um, but to add to this, Adam, not only that, is Doncic healthy? Because you saw yesterday he was grabbing at his shoulder so much throughout that entire game. And if you go back to game three between them and Phoenix, he popped up on the floor out of nowhere to start that game with all that kinetic tape on his right shoulder. This has been something that's been bothering him for a while, and he says he's fine, but I, I'm not sure if that's the case when he has a really poor performance uh, from the floor. He's 6 of 18. A lot of those shots were hitting front rim. You could tell he wasn't comfortable. He's 3 of 10 from three-point range, and just the grimacing and grabbing at the shoulder, I, I just I don't know how healthy he is. And I'm going to go out on the limb and say that's kind of a big problem for the Mavericks. Oh, oof. Hot takes with a Z. Yeah. Uh, you can see I've got an ice cold beverage uh, here in front of me, John. Do you think it has anything to do with lifting that beer from lunch with Boban <laughs> uh, that that's hurting Luca's shoulder? Is that the problem right uh, now? It could be. Uh, okay. I like to think that because he he's an athlete um, and he likes to take care of his body. It was just a big thing of apple juice. Uh, you know what? 
and and you're a parent of small children. Right. It easily could have been apple juice, right? <laughs> you never know like where there's just a glass of apple juice hanging around. It's looks just it. like it. That's actually an apple uh, apple juice glass. I don't know if you've seen those before. It really accentuates the flavor. It- <laughs> Yes, you definitely have to have specific glassware uh, for your different juices. Uh, you know me; I usually have my orange juice with the water in it, and very, very specific. No, 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 no! Don't, no! You don't glaze over that. You don't have orange juice with the water in it. You have water with orange juice in it. It's a complete difference. Uh, fair. Fair, and we will definitely uh, encourage people both on the Sam and Ash text line and on the listener line to weigh in on that as we get deeper into it here today. Uh, the listener line, 702-365-9200, Sam and Ash text line, 69187, with the keyword R&R. John, uh, before we got you with us on the show, we were choosing sides between two of the most moral men in America, in Nick Saban and Jimbo uh-huh. Fisher. Um, we were making people know that these two millionaires have nothing but the best interests of young men in this country at heart. Uh, Do you believe that St. Nick and St. Jimbo are on the right track here, or do you think that there's something uh, maybe slightly foul going on? I don't know. I mean, I think there's always been something foul in college sports. I think if you're any of these college coaches and you're going to claim that you've always been doing it the right way, you've either really sucked and you're not any good in terms of record, or you're lying. Right, you. I think this is what college sports has been for a really long time. Now it's just out in the open. You know, the thing that bothered me about Saban, I will bring you back. How about this date, July twentieth, two thousand or two thousand twenty-one? Now it doesn't doesn't sound like anything crazy, uh, but that's when Nick Saban was meeting with the Texas High School Coaches Association convention and told them that Bryce Young, his sophomore quarterback, was due to make quote ungodly numbers. So it's it's positive and it's good when you get to tell potential recruits who are going to see headlines like that. You could. You could make a million dollars in endorsements out here in Alabama, but it's not great when Texas A&M launches to the top of the recruiting class, fresh off of beating you last year, by the way, right? And now all of a sudden, it's a big problem, and you're pissed off about it. I think it's it's somewhat hypocritical of Saban to to pull this out the way that he did today. Oh, somewhat, for sure. (laughs) And then then he realized how far he had gone about an hour ago, right? Oh, I shouldn't have singled anyone out. I shouldn't have gone after one of the guys who used to bury bodies with me who knows all of my secrets in Jimbo Fisher, right? A guy who used to work for Nick Saban. And then, of course, he chose another soft-spoken person to go after in Deion Sanders. <laughs> the guy I mean, who does on. the Affleck commercials for him or with him, right? Like, oh, my God. How did I... Yeah. How did I not put two and two together? The ultimate betrayal. You guys do commercials together with the duck, and you went after him. It's ridiculous. How, what does the duck think about this? That... that that, that would be a great get, right? Like, Feinbaum's out there trying to pull well, in Nick Saban. What about the Aflac duck? What does he think? He probably feels violated by all this. Like, he thought he had I mean, friends. Do I point out the obvious that we might not have a voice actor for the Aflac duck? I don't know. You, you, you applying logic doesn't really make me all that happy here. <laughs> Can I um, also say really quickly uh, that Jimbo Fisher was brilliant because you mentioned the guy who might know where the bodies are buried, who mentioned today that you might want to ask God, Nick Saban, uh, how he got his current deal because you might find out some stuff that you don't like. I thought Jimbo was awesome. Oh, uh, DeMond and I were, were batting this around earlier. The, the same way that John Calipari does not do interviews, he does art sessions. This was an art session by, by Jimbo Fisher. The shaking voice. The, the, using the word 17-year-olds over and over and over again, right? Because this is all about 17-year-olds. The kids. The kids. They're doing it for the children, not for 8 or $9 million a year for them. It <laughs> has nothing to do with that. Uh, and remember, you talk about Bryce Young and what Nick Saban uh, was talking about, the high school, college, uh, high school football association. 
Well, it's okay when a million dollars comes from one person. It's just when you get a bunch of people together and call them a collective, mm. now it's not okay anymore, right? We need one rich person to fund these things, not a group of rich people getting together. That's too much. Yeah, a group of rich people together. Would you th- Would you say that maybe presenting in front of a group of rich people, let's say like high-end business owners in Alabama, talking in front of them and presenting things to them like Nick Saban was doing today when he made the comments? Like, come on. Like, it's ridiculous. He was meeting business owners out there in Alabama making these comments. Doing what? I wonder what he's doing with these business owners and boosters today when he's making these comments. It's, it is laughable to watch Saban kind of squirm around and to make the comment, too, like, I, I don't think we can do this anymore. Like, stop. Okay? Parody's coming. And here's the other thing, Adam, which I think a guy like Saban I'm surprised by. He's a really good coach. Would you not, I don't know, relish the opportunity to show that, you know what? You can get all the ingredients. You can get all the best guys in the world if you want. But you also got to do stuff with them. You got to develop them. You got to make them better. You have to scheme them up. You have to do all these things, which is why like, I still don't know if Miami's going to be any good. right? It's great that Mario Cristobal is getting all these guys. Is it going to help them in the long run? Like That's the other factor about this. Jimbo was 8-4 last year. Uh, these two teams are going to get together on the SEC schedule. It's a 16.5-point spread uh, right now. Don't you think? <laughs> the, the gap is closing, Adam. <laughs> yeah, clearly so. Yeah, These two teams are the same uh, on the same level. 16.5 on the spread. Look, I'm not, I'm not running to the window with the rest of America to bet Alabama as a favorite every chance that I get. However, don't you believe that this is the opportunity for Nick Saban to go out there and have some real actual bulletin board material for once right. uh, like to, to use it with his team? I mean, he could, but what's he going to say? Like, they, <laughs> like they're accusing us uh, potentially of buying you guys, and they're going to be like, uh, go Coach Saban, we, you, you did, actually. No, like, no, oh, hey. Wow, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. No, what we heard from Alabama recruits today, what we heard is that they all got a Dodge Charger. Stop. Yes. I'm sure, I'm sure that's part of the package. No, it, it, everyone everyone got a Dodge Charger, and one recruit who decided to go to A&M instead of Alabama said, all I got was a Nissan Maxima that had a sunroof. Oh. Okay. Didn't so, have enough stars. <laughs> four-star. He was you a four-star. You imagine if he's like, a, yeah, four-star. Like, ah, oh, no, sorry. You get the Kia, but the five-stars, oh, boy. Not only do you get that, you get the moonroof and the suicide doors. You're good. Ooh, suicide doors on uh, on Nissan Maxima. That'd be great. That'd be great. Imagine pulling up to a frat party uh, with that. Like, oh, don't even get out. Girls are just kidding in the back seat you, <laughs> immediately. You get the, the cars like in Pimp My Ride that were like super blinged out, but like notoriously poorly put together that kept falling apart after the show. Have you met my chief recruiter, Exhibit? <laughs> we heard you like PlayStation, right? So I put a PlayStation <laughs> in your PlayStation so you could play PlayStation while you play PlayStation. I Man, that was such a good show. The, oh, it really the was. The episode where they put the 20-pound subwoofer in the guy's truck. I remember that one. <laughs> like, how is that going to be sustainable? Oh, God. this. See, if college football recruiting was more like this, if it was just like Exhibit gets the cars and whoever can do the best pimp my ride job on the car gets the recruit. That'd be so much better than listening to these guys argue about collectives versus who paid a guy a million dollars. It's just uh, missed opportunities. 
Missed opportunities is what it's all about. What do you think? Would you rather have a Nissan Maxima with suicide doors, or would you rather have your own Dodge Charger? When we come back, you are going to tell us more on that listener line, the Sam and Ash text line as well. 702-365-9200. That's where you call us. Text us at 69187 with the keyword R&R. If you just want to text Maxima or Charger, that's cool too. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Alongside Jonathan Von Tobel, Adam Candy sitting in for Q here on RNR920. We are talking about not only your thoughts on Nick Saban versus Jimbo Fisher, where there are probably no winners and you get to decide how many losers, but our question of the day, Pro Football Focus Simulation says the Raiders have about a 36% chance to make the playoffs. Do you think the Raiders have a 36% chance? Better? Worse? Uh, We'll talk about what the betting markets think about that with Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus in just about 10 minutes. He did a good analysis of sort of the tiers of NFL teams based on market implied values. Uh, DeMond tells me that we have some texts rolling in. DeMond, are these all about Pimp My Ride, or are we discussing other things as well? Oh, no. People want to talk about the Raiders and these playoff chances. You talk about their odds. And people, they got to take shots at the other teams. Here's one. Love the show. Thank you. Question, how are the Broncos rated so high for playoff chances? How did Seattle do last year with Russ? Plus, the Broncos lost no offense. I just don't understand how the Raiders are always ranked low, especially consider we improved from last year. Thanks for your time, Mike from the OC. All right, Mike from the OC. Uh, Jonathan Von Tobel is going to tell you why the loss of no offense is going to kill the Denver Broncos this year. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not. <laughs> and also, I mean, look, the obvious is uh, the Broncos, from a roster standpoint, are much stronger than what the Seattle Seahawks have. It's not a one-on-one where you just put the quarterback from one team to the other and you're going to get the exact same result. Now, I will say, in like support of this point, one, Russell Wilson, we're going to talk to the guys from Pro Football Focus. Each of the last three seasons, his war metric over at Pro Football Focus has gotten worse. He has become a statistically worse quarterback each of the last three seasons. I think there might be something to that. So that is something where you look at it and say, yeah, maybe the Broncos are a little overvalued. And you are also got to realize, too, with these betting numbers and markets, as Adam can speak to, um, and that's why I'm really curious to see what Ben has to say about this. Liability is involved in these markets. So these odds don't truly reflect like true odds for certain teams. A team like the Broncos, their odds are always going to be a little bit higher because they're going to be a popular selection. They got the sexy quarterback in the offseason. Uh, they got the biggest upgrade, it seems at least. So they're going to be a little bit shorter than they probably should be. Thus, why they're so high up the boards and why they're so up the ratings. And, of course, Mike, just having a little bit of fun with you there about uh, about Noah Fant. I think John makes great points about Russell Wilson. Remember, it's also year one in the new system for Russell Wilson. They also and, got Ciara. You know, like, that that ups the rating. That, that's, that's true. Um, and I'm sure in many power ratings that would certainly improve Russ's chances uh, of being highly thought of. What else we got, Damon? It seems like the bookmakers are taking more away from Green Bay for losing Devontae than they're giving the Raiders for acquiring him. All right, so, uh, John, here's what we 
talked about earlier, these betting market implied power rankings, Green Bay is being listed in the second tier. It's the first team in the second tier, sixth overall for Green Bay, 11th overall for the Raiders. If that's the case, if 6 and 11 are true, two teams are, I don't know that that's right, that we're taking more away from Green Bay than we're adding to the Raiders. I feel like it's either pretty even or maybe we're even giving the Raiders a little bit more. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I also think, you know, how much does the conference around Las Vegas like diminish what you're going to get in terms of improvement, right? Because you're, you're better with a guy like Adams, but the teams around you, not only your division, I mean, the AFC looks like it's going to be a bloodbath. I think there's 11 teams, would you say, 12 for seven playoff spots at this point right now. So I think that's also what you consider. It's not so much, it's, again, using that the one-to-one, it's not the equal exchange because, yes, you, Adams might make you better, but the conference around you is much better than I think the NFC as a whole is right now. We'll get deeper into that. Uh, I want to put a pin in that thought about how many teams in the AFC are serious playoff contenders. We'll come back to that in a bit. What else we got, Damon? I've been in a coma since my son's pooped the bed. Glad to be back. Always thought Saban was a weasel, even if he has the hardware. Would probably go with the Nissan since the Dodge is self-destructible. As far as the 36%, all I'll say is just win, baby. That's from Raider Richie in Arizona. Raider Richie, that is actually a text that we could spend the next hour. I was going to say, down. congrats. Like, <laughs> it's the first thing you got to say. Congratulations. How I, have things changed? Wow. Um, John, I'm going to have to defer to you <laughs> on what happens when your children poop the bed. Uh, oh, oh, so luckily, for those, I mean, obviously, I, this is my first time on uh, R&R, so I have two kids. Luckily, uh, there has been no pooping in the bed yet. I'm going to say yet. Uh, as as a child who pooped the bed one time, I'm sure it's coming as karma. Um, but no, I haven't experienced it yet, so thank goodness. Oh, b- big shout to Diego. Big, big shout to Diego. Well, there. you didn't ask me if he's urinated in the bed. because I didn't because thing, yeah. we specifically had a reference in that text to children pooping uh, in and the bed. To be fair, we don't know how his children have operated. Oh, no, he, meant, he meant his sons, the Phoenix sons. Oh! <laughs> oh. Damon getting us no. with the homophones. Not even his sons, <laughs> like his children. <laughs> oh, yeah. We both thought he was talking about oh. children. You guys were saying that. I was like, okay. Oh, oh no, he meant the Phoenix no. since the sons. Raider Richie in Arizona. Yeah. Oh, come on. Oh, I, think, I think that's on us. I Ray, think that's on us. Uh, I, I, no, I'm taking no responsibility. He wow. clearly was talking wow. about his about his sons and not about Chris Paul. I I am not at you know, all responsible. For I this. thought it was weird too because usually I have two I have two boys, but I just refer to them as my kids. Still, I'm like, oh, he refers to them as their sons. Huh? My That's large weird. adult sons pooped the bed. This one's on you, DeAndre Ayton. Well, then I also take back my congratulations. I mean, the sons pooped the bed like you know a couple days ago, so it wasn't that long of a coma. <laughs>